Welcome to Fargo Talks Fargo, an unofficial podcast on the FX television series. Fargo Talks Fargo is sponsored by Fargo Brewing Company and their tasty and always delicious wood chipper India Pale Ale. Go to FargoBrewing.com to learn more. So, Sharvi, I don't, I don't know how I'm supposed to greet you, but you are in Japan. I am. Uh, it's already, it's already tomorrow. It's Monday for you. It's Sunday for me. That's right. Konnichiwa. How are you doing? Ah, konnichiwa. So we're gonna we're gonna like rock our way through this episode because yes. you've got some place to be, and uh, I want to get this episode out. So yep. Um, I think I don't I don't know particularly where I want to start, but I do want to say this just to open is that I I really feel like uh, we're still learning a lot right now. Like I, f- I feel like there's not as many nuggets. I don't I don't feel like I have as firm a grasp as I have on previous seasons. Do you? Uh, yes, definitely. Uh, the cards are still being dealt if you will. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. And that is is that just due to our lack of knowledge of bridge playing? Um, you know what? I don't know. I think uh I think we're just kind of easing into the the world and easing into the the characters. Um certainly we're building off of episode 1 for sure. We're getting a little bit more into the the brothers, uh which is really fun. Um and so it what I like about the brothers is it is kind of set up like a bridge game because in bridge you have a partner, right? Yes. Okay. So, and they, they call the positions like North, uh, North, South, East, West, right? And I you sit across so, from each I other. So. Yeah. Uh, we're learning. We're learning slowly. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and another episode where the title comes from that. So we're talking, you know, right. this week, you know, the principle of restricted choice, right? Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Keep going, brother. Yeah. So, uh, we've got, Basically, uh, Emmett and Cy, uh, they're two bridge partners, um, and then Nikki and Ray, so who yeah. who are bridge partners in in the actual world. So this is kind of fun. Yeah, and on top of it, then you've got the the wrench in the whole thing, which is VM Varga and his whole world. Yeah, which is which is 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 impinging upon all of this in its own strange way with with vm varga and, and then and then chief gloria or well i don't know is she still chief who knows we, we still haven't completely found out i feel like uh the new new guy has has made his his statement known that he, when when she takes some time off and comes back that he'll be chief but yeah and that was a nice surprise uh to see the new chief uh guy from uh boardwalk empire I yeah, I, I just, I just, I, I said last, when I was on the on the line with Jerome that I was gonna that I was gonna know what that was, but of oh course yes, I, Jerome, I, I screwed that up. Mm-hmm. So thanks again to Jerome, who I think was gonna be, if he's available, he's gonna be uh, sitting in again for you because you will be unavailable next Wednesday. But oh, Shay, uh, Sheriff, Sheriff Mo Damick, uh, played by Shay Wiggum. Yes, another classic Fargo name, Mo Damick. I, I think there's yeah there's all these I, there's all these kind of teams and these this constant push pull and uh, I think my classic thing about this episode just just from a, a Midwest standpoint is that you know and we I know we've talked about this before and I still want to find the article and I say talked about it, I mean I think we talked about it like uh, in season two is just the quintessential passive aggressive. Midwestern thing that I think has culminated very well in the conversation between Emmett, Emmett and Ray in front of his house. You know, just the, Mm -hmm. you think everyone's being nice, but you, you learn later that, that they just, no, not so much, but it's just people in the Midwest just aren't that outwardly rude to each other. And, and there's, there's a thing, but that, that's kind of just this overtone that I, I, I felt that I, 
I had a feeling about in, in terms of like looking at this again. Sure. Do you think, um, so the, the title, the principle of restricted choice, uh, did you look into this much? Do you think that, um, that when the brothers are talking, they're kind of, uh, they're playing that game because they're trying to guess each other's next move a little bit. Um, that's kind of how I felt. And then that, that there were, that there was this disconnect between, um, Ray and Nikki, obviously because of Nikki's actions, which we can get into (laughs) in a bit. Um, but the whole the whole idea of the principle of restricted choice, and correct me if I'm wrong, because it's a little bit confusing, is basically kind of boils down to uh, the idea of sort of getting an idea of the hand that your opponents uh, are holding, right? Yep. Um, yes. Just based on the cards they play and and the odds of of which cards that they probably don't have and the cards that they probably do have based on what they play, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems pretty basic and kind of could be applied to really any situation or any game, really, uh, that involves cards. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's basically, you know, if you look this up, and we obviously, we're not pros at this here, so if we're screwing this up, somebody can call us on it. That's just fine. But it is. It's just a, it's a matter of, like, laying out some cards to kind of, you know, open the kimono a little bit, so to speak, and, mm-hmm. and let people know what kind of game you got going. And, and because of that, you've you see some things and there's, there's only so many outcomes that can happen, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, it, there's, there's some reference to kind of, um, restricted choice, kind of like if you've ever watched to, to make, how, to make a deal, how to make a deal or right. What, yeah. Let's the, make a deal the with Monty, Monty, Monty Hall issue. Yeah. I mean, it's like, Oh, well you could have this, but then you know that there's these other, these things and you, you're, you're not quite sure, but, but it's, I, I kind of my current feeling about it is that a it's a mathematical thing. The minute it's just like counting cards to some degree. Yeah, of you course, lay down a yeah. certain amount of cards, and you only know you know there's a certain amount that can be left, and they and then, then then there's odds between it being in one of three other players' hands. And on top of that, it's it's also it's just kind of setting the tone for what kind of game you may or may not be trying to play. But I do think it's interesting that it's yes that it's these two brothers that are doing. But I feel like the people pushing these hands heavier are. Are Nikki and Sai right now? Yeah, Nikki and Sai are definitely the manipulators. Um, they're mm-hmm. really driving the direction that their partners are going. I love yeah. the Monty Hall problem. I think it's fascinating. Um, if you yeah. don't know it, uh, you, which you probably do, but I would I would look it up. I think it's totally awesome. So, in, yeah. in terms of the uh, the um, the principle of restricted choices, I'm thinking like Nikki. So Nikki, so the brothers are talking, right? Uh, Ray's distracting Emmett while Nikki's trying to sneak in and steal the stamp. Well, when yes. Nikki gets into Emmett's office, she realizes the stamp is gone. So she has to play the best card she has right now, and that just happens to be writing a bloody message on on Emmett's ass uh, artwork. Burrow, <laughs> burrow. She's, yeah, she calls it a burrow. Yeah, I mean, and we're skipping we're skipping quite a bit ahead here, but we're also just trying to be uh, conscious of the time that you have right now. But I, I do want to just really quick, you know, so we they, we find out that the the award. I'm sorry, I just forgot the name. They don't call it uh, a Hugo; they call right. it something else. It's in the paper clipping, and I forgive me, I'm not going to look it up right this very minute. But um, it's called the Golden feeling, Planet. The Golden Planet. It's that's probably just a, a clearance issue or or some copyright problems that they they didn't want to deal with. Sure, yeah. Doing, but um, I I am kind of curious. You know, there's maybe it's just this is the problem. This is the thing. Uh, we get a lot of these things from Noah Hawley, right? These little nuggets, and we, mm-hmm. it's he's really good at not letting us know if it's going to be something real or not. Like, is all this sci-fi a, a, like some sort of tie-in? 
to season two is or isn't it or is it just coincidental and he's just kind of screwing with our heads and yeah. Same with the things I'm looking at this. Um, there was some commentary in the newspaper clipping where on the third column on the right, uh, it, it talks about something about misspelling things. And I'm wondering if that's the the why and these things. And, and it's just another, another chuck back to like unintended consequences of not having the right person, the right name or changing your name or doing these things. Because we also have this other name that we can talk about in a little bit here of, of Yuri, who is now... Um, who's oft Irv, um, the, mm-hmm. the the lawyer who who you know evidently needs some serious IT help because that's some. Oh, by the way, did you notice the I Google? <laughs> yeah, that's been that's been gone for a while. But I did I do want. I mean, I'm curious about one thing. If there's going to be any time to this, there's this picture of this woman. You know, all these books, this newspaper clipping, but this one woman, uh, and it says, "With all my love, Vivian Lord." I I'm not sure uh, if that has a tie to anything. If anybody has any great stuff. Great. Um, I'm. I'm just still not sure about this mouth glued shut business. Um, I just. I don't know what to make of that. Like, how did Maurice choose that? I'm. I'm just a little lost on that at the moment because what. What would give? He. He didn't seem sure when Maurice showed up in the bathroom. He mm-hmm. didn't seem positive that the guy was dead. But how would anyone live if you glued their nose and mouth shut? <laughs> right. And you know, you know, it I'm sure just... somebody's gonna be like, "Oh, he was all messed up on pot." But you know, you're in Colorado. It's like, really? Uh, I mean, it'll just make you like a a hungrier <laughs> assassin. But I don't know if it's hungrier and lazier. Probably, I don't. Uh, yeah, I think gluing somebody's <laughs> nose and mouth shut sounds like a pretty. Uh, uh, it sounds like a chore, man. It sounds like that's that's a craft I wouldn't want to get into. Yeah, I just so I've I've got some questions about that because and they, and I'm only bringing that up because they brought it up again, right? You know, um, so let's and, and, let's step it back a little bit and, and kind of sure and pace ourselves through this a little bit. So when we're so we're at are we at are we at Ennis's house or are we at Gloria's house when we open? We're up? at Gloria's house. She's okay. brought that box home and okay. she's going through. She's rifling through the books. She's looking at the newspaper clipping and um, her. Her one of her deputies shows up and is talking to her, and she seems a little right annoyed that he's there right away. But just invites himself in, goes straight to the coffee. Starts, is that coffee? Uh, that's what I. That's mm-hmm. what I do. Um. So she seems to know that Ennis has this sort of alter ego, right? Uh, because she does uh, allude to the fact that Ennis and this Thaddeus Mobley author are one and the same. Or so she's assuming it. I guess is it. I think yeah, it is. I want to know, does she know or is she kind of speculating? I oh. think that's where she's at. She's she's saying this is this person and she just doesn't know how to go about figuring out who he really was yet. You know, because we, we you know, we found out that, you know, that they hadn't been married that long until her mother, right, passed away and mm-hmm. then hooked up with, with Ennis, but... You know, talk about terrible choices. You, you, if if he is Thaddeus Mobley and he changes his name to Ennis M- Ennis <laughs> Stussy, like what? Like how do you pick that name? And 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 look, it ends up getting your your shit glued shut, and you die in front of your freezer. You know, staring into the endless abyss. <laughs> so we see um, this newspaper clipping, which you which you just brought up. Um, and we, mm-hmm. and we see the, uh, the, uh, uh, what the hell is it called that? I just said, I just had it up. 
Uh, but anyway, the, the award, uh, presumably being held by Thaddeus Mobley, although he's super young. Yeah, and some other kind of bearded-looking movie character. Well, I thought it was weird that there was like this movie premiere thing from California, but there's didn't it say a motel yeah. in the background? <laughs> Is so that I the motel thought, from season two? <laughs> I yeah, I had that. I had that very that very moment, you know. And just heads up, drive through more food chains converting yes. to drive-throughs. I loved that so, little uh, detail on the, on the far right of the newspaper. The, they're talking about. Restaurant chains starting to experiment in drive-throughs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a new service added uh, due to, because of the amount of military training bases in the area that restrict members to leave their cars. Is that so? Uh, I, is that really why the drive-through started? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm just look, I pulled this up real quick. You know, um, I just I did see that I did find out that there the very first drive-through. Uh, in the United States was called Red's Giant Hamburg. I think that was on Route 66, is what I believe I pulled up. Really? Um, the longest, do you know the longest running drive through in the United States? Sure. Can you guess? What is it? Well, it's not McDonald's. Nope. It's In-N-Out. No way. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And the, the first drive through focused chain... Jack in the box. Really? Yep. What I can tell you, though, is that the article was from the Los Angeles uh, Tribune uh, from Friday, June 20th, 1970. I'm looking at... I can't completely tell you, but it looks like five or six. So anyway, so were you headed somewhere with this, or were you just explaining? Um, no, I was just kind of... I, I did some research into trying to find out which uh, which restaurant was the first in Fargo to have a drive through but I couldn't find out. Um, <laughs> as far as like a drive in, there was King Leo's that was believed to be the first drive in, but it, I don't think the first King Leo's had a drive through King Leo's so either. I, uh, King Leo's opened sometime around 1960 in Fargo, which was sort of like a McDonald's, uh, opened yep. by a guy named Leon Latz of Rochester, Minnesota. Yeah. Hey, good to know. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I just, it's just there's so much stuff I feel like we're just getting kind of fed and I'm not sure what's up yet. So I'm 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 this I'm currently withholding too much of uh, uh, uh more of my um conspiracy theory. Oh really? A little bit. I just I feel Why like Why are you I, withholding? This is a podcast. Let's see it. Let's dish it I out. Don't, I don't I'm saying I'm saying I don't have as much cuz I'm just I'm not so sure. I I am stuck on this whole I am back to I mean if we can move ahead here. I I I want to know why technology doesn't work for her. Right. Her phone doesn't work, right? She's having problems on the telephone. She gets to the office and also this is going to come back to haunt us. Uh what's his face whose name is gone from me because I don't know what, what his name is, but her 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 cohort, he, he says, well, hold up, forgot my gun. You know, he left it in the car. I feel like that's a sign of something mm, That definitely is, yeah. Um, and then she's standing there with the auto door and it just, it doesn't open for her. So the, the and she has this aversion to technology mm-hmm. and she doesn't think it's that great, but is it because it doesn't actually work for her? You know, is she, you know, I'm going to get all better call Saul about it. You know, has she got some sort of electrical interference? Is she, I don't right. know. I just, I just, I want to know what it is. You know, Jerome was saying like, it's almost like it, things don't see her, but I, I'm not sure yet. It's, it's a deal. Yeah. Uh, I think it's safe to assume uh, in my mind that 
her aversion to technology will save her life ultimately. Yes, because there's nothing that she can dig up, enter, or put online. Yeah, I mean, in complete, in complete uh, juxtaposition to this, it, Irv Blumkin, you know, and this whole conversation, you know, where he's like, "So let me get this straight." I think it's really funny that Irv is such like a an asshole, asshole about like, "Listen here, you dumb shits, you, you get a million dollars from a guy who you don't even know his first name, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And then in the end, it's his complete stupidity about how to operate Google and her computer that gets him launched off a parking garage, you know? But but uh, I still... I said it on the hot dish. I'm going to say it again. That bet One of my favorite lines is, friend this cocksucker on Facebook and reel him in. <laughs> yeah, it is awesome that he... <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hard to get over the name Blumpkin. Uh, it's yeah, he's am- missing the key. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing that... I mean... What a classic like stereotype of of somebody around that age in that area. Um, first of all, they're talking about using Facebook. Then he can't use Google, <laughs> and he downloads freaking malware. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird search result though. Like, when was the last time you had like one search result <laughs> on Google? But uh, you know what? It, I have to add that to just my giant list of. There's also not a giant crime syndicate in the in this area that I can speak of either. So. Yeah, well, that you know of. This is a story as the word true slowly fades out. There is a building in downtown Fargo called the syndicate. Maybe they're just being too obvious about it. Yeah. You know, it could be that if that still exists, Um, does that still exist? Yeah, it's still around, but, uh, so, you know, so the whole, the whole spiel goes and we get this, we, we get fully introduced. Uh, do you have any more you want to add on that? I'm trying to, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be your clock keeper here. (laughs) Because I know you, you have an appointment coming up. Um, Varga shows up and just parks the truck wherever the hell he wants. Yeah, he's cruising and, down the uh, road, I, passing the caterpillar I, or the the the, gra- yeah. the grater on the, which there are a lot of in the in that part of the country. A lot of dirt yeah, road graters. I, I feel like this these these things are just more of these like badass. Let's get VM to say some really entertaining stuff. He doesn't actually... Do you have noticed that he doesn't need a lot of dialogue back to make his scenes work? Because he just... He turns and looks at a Midwesterner and they just kind of... Huh? What? And then he just comments back with like this unleashing of like words or knowledge or or things like that. But um, do you, I... Do you, do you think that um, when VM and the big truck are pulling into that parking lot, that's a little... Didn't that remind you a little bit of the scene with Jerry Lundergaard and the parking lot attendant from the original Fargo? I mean, a they didn't bit. have the exact uh, verbatim quotes that they did pull off in season one, but I still thought no, it was a little bit of the same structure. No, and uh, it, it also had that whole, eventually there, there's this this deal, you know, this parking lot thing has its own connection to Jerry just in its on its right, own. Right, of course, yeah. There's there is a comment about um what's the guy's name you know oh we should talk to so and so about this I I can't remember I'm really sorry uh, somebody so they they know what I'm talking about people know what's up um but, oh yeah we should call so and so about the developing of this stuff and it's it's a same it's a similar name from the from the movie uh, uh no what is deal. it uh Stan uh, yeah it's like some sort of name Stan like Stan Grossman yeah thank you. Yes. But then again, there's I hear the word Grossman in so many 
TV shows and movies, but Stan um, Grossman was uh, Wade's partner, right? In the original movie. Yes, that's correct. That's what it was. But uh, and then, this this whole little scenario also brought up my favorite. You know, we don't know what's in those. You know, I think it's slave girls. Oh my god, that was so awkward. Sai so, is just Sai just immediately goes to to slave girls, and then and and when Emmett is so surprised by it, Sai still maintains this like guilty ass look, doesn't he? Yes. Like, oh yeah, yes. of course not, slave. Well, girls. I, I have no interest in that topic whatsoever. Uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I just he's. I that still. I still think most th- likely, but I, I. I would love for him to just be like turn out to be this like, which he does kind of have the characteristics of some sort of guy who's got a little bit of power. Uh, who and a, a lot of times that comes with some sort of weird perversion. Uh, that's hidden away, yeah. and maybe that will come out, maybe not. But the Hummer that he drives certainly yeah. uh, backs backs up that type of character says a lot about the guy and i will say there's a lot of people that that do actually drive around or did at this time especially 2008 to 2010 ish uh those h2 hummers were were pretty popular in fargo and i can't and i can i don't think i liked a single person that ever drove one Yeah, it was especially when the H three came out because the H three came out and you're just you're just driving a huge ass car to make a statement, a car where you're going to freaking park at Target and take up two spaces. And the You H- sure know a lot about Hummers. <laughs> well, they're just not even like great vehicles for the area. They're just big. They they yeah. maybe they make a statement for sure. And maybe if you're living in like anywhere else it would be a fine vehicle for the terrain and the weather, no. but in Fargo, they're just shitty vehicles. <laughs> I think yeah, the H3 had five cylinders or something. It's just a, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know a lot cylinders. about cars, but I, I do despise those vehicles because there are, they're, they were always taking up multiple parking spaces. Yeah. The asshole park jobs all the time. Uh, <laughs> I do like the uh, mistaken, um, the, the the whole uh once we get back into the one she's she's digging into this um when Gloria is out talking to the guy at the gas station yeah which is the UFA at the UFA there uh it, it that that t-shirt did come into play because he says oh he I think he's Russian and <laughs> and, and now we have this and now we have this complete tie in yeah. a little bit of this like, a mistaken identity he's a Russian now not only that we have Yuri who is a Russian guy or a Cossack, as we learn in in about uh, in the parking garage before they chuck mm-hmm. um, Irv Irv off the thing? Which, by the way, Maggie Phillips has chosen two Ural Cossack singers uh, songs. So, if you want to know more about that, I'm not going to go deep dive into that because we don't have time right now. Uh, but about the Cossacks, C O S S A C K S, I believe, uh, and the Russians uh, uh, during the World War, and the fact that a bunch of them defected and actually fought for the Germans, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's all sorts of nasty stuff that happened and you know stalin not, guys guys kind of a dickwad so um big surprise there anyway bad things cossacks lots of history and that's why that's where the story about irv talking about men in the night and, and horses and stuff and, mm-hmm. and he admits that he's a he's a cossack yeah and he's anyway, even carrying around the that volchatka whip yeah yeah so there's there's interesting things going on there i think this is the beginning of our our east german uh mistaken identity interesting point coming somewhere so right? do you think this is the same yuri that uh basically got away or so we can presume with killing his girlfriend 
No, it can't be the same one. There's too much age. You think so? Difference. I, I mean, obviously, he does. Hell he yeah, does dude, look that young. was 1988, and it's 2010. So I just, yeah, I, I also do this whole. I'm doing this whole. But what if it's this name? You know, this infamous name, and somebody took on the identity or something. You, you okay. know, well, I think we'll, I think we'll find out more. Or it's a son, or a, or something. You know, because I mean, look, look, we've already got a guy who's, you know, so Thaddeus Mobley, right? If, if who comes up with that name? <laughs> Right, if Thaddeus Mobley was that guy's real name, right? I mean, I'm I'm assuming that it's like a gnome de plume, right? Exactly, and and, and that and that that's not even his real name. So so now we've got Gloria who thinks it's Thaddeus Mobley, but then he became Ennis, and I still think that there's some other name somewhere behind Thaddeus. So, uh, oh, rando comment. I feel like that apartment, Nikki Swango's apartment, almost looks like the butcher shop just redone. Oh yeah. You think so? Yeah, and I need to. Yeah, and I need to ask. Uh, we we did have. Here's here's my quick notes that I promised. Um, and I'll read these real fast. Oh, so yeah. we stay on time. Yeah, let's uh, do Jason, it. Jason Jason from Calgary wrote in and just says Fargo's got a lot of scenes shot in this Inglewood neighborhood of Calgary, and that that pub that you were talking about, Swans. Um, it's actually called the Swans of Inglewood. It's directly across the street from the exterior shots of Nikki's apartment in real life. So literally, that front door where the the AC unit drops on Maurice across the street is where actually the real life swans is. Um, and he said from that vantage point and thanks so much, Jason, for writing in, keep, keep the good stuff coming. He says, if you go down from that point, you can see the small diner where you can see the flickering die promo shot is, is right in there. And mm-hmm. it's also the same place from season one where Lester beats up or Lester gets beat up by Hess and, yeah, there's all sorts of stuff going on. And then the UFA is actually the United Farmers of Alberta and it's, it's not. It's about an hour outside Calgary, and he 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 gave me some fun comments about the red. You know the the red owl is there, and the public library are close to there, and it's a tiny town. But he just said it's funny the things that the, he's seen that they'll they'll choose to cover up via CGI or actually change signs, and that 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 diner, that diner light sign, they actually just put that up, and it was only up for a while, and it's like so they'll they'll put up a huge diner sign, but they won't like CGI out UFA, right. <laughs> Well, that's so. Thanks, Jason. Expensive. We we really yeah. do appreciate. We really do. We really do appreciate those those um those hot tips coming from yeah. our neighbors to the north. And hopefully, yeah, keep it we coming, can everybody. There someday. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sorry, hey. I, I I broke I broke the stuff with us there. Uh, well, spe- you did bring up the red owl again. And speaking of the red owl, I did want to mention that somebody on Reddit on the the, the subreddit for Fargo, uh, which is far r slash Fargo TV. Uh, they brought up the the idea or the kind of coincidence that the red owl was was bought up in 1988, uh, which is the same year that we started that we opened up the show season on, which I thought was kind of interesting. Hmm, that is kind of cool. Maybe they were bought up by the embargo. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the things that I, I think I, that I think are kind of. Su- more important there was there's always a lot of good things in here and there was a lot of good comments so we we know that i'm trying to make i feel like i'm out of order a little bit here but uh we know that that ray finds out that he's the accidental death is this okay thing and nikki i have to admit when she talked about being on her period i just thought that's a really random thing to bring up of course yeah i guess and guess now i know why you know um but so obviously she's going to get the hell out of Dodge and she needs to find a new place, but is cheese all messed up. And this is where this plan is hatched for what I was talking about earlier about this just 
quintessential passive aggressive Midwestern thing. Like he goes there under the guise of this and he's going to fake, <laughs> fake this. Well, well, Nikki sneaks in the back to go do it. But in, in, in true Fargo fashion, it's, I mean, is it me or does it just seem like no matter what anybody does, they're just, they're fucked. Um, well, in a way right now, like, like right now, like I feel like no matter what Ray and a- Emmett are doing, there are powers beyond them that are actually the controllers of these situations. Uh, yeah. You know, it's VM it's VM Varga and and they both think they're doing these things that are putting them in jockeying them to these good positions, but they're actually they're actually just they're just leaves floating in the stream of something even more powerful than them, but and they they may be kinda there may be kinda change course, but I think you're hitting on precisely what the what the show title is, the principle of restricted choice. You're you're, you're yeah. exactly right. Uh no matter what uh, the cards their opponent have, the cards that their opponents have, are restricting their ability to to really outmaneuver them. Um, they're playing the best hand they can, but mm-hmm. it's pretty much equal or lesser than the one that's on the table. At least for now, right. there's no leverage on the side of the characters that that we're really uh, uh, deep diving into at the moment. I just uh, the the things that I kind of like randomly notice is that they they both do this thing where they both one by one squat down and I'm, these are random things I'm noticing <laughs> and they like brush brush away the snow <laughs> with their I sleeves that because I've done, I've done that a thousand times in my life sat on one of those cold benches yeah you pull your sleeve yeah. out brush the snow off <laughs> yeah and and then I can't remember exactly what he says but I know there's this cut away to his boots right. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about this, but I just feel like there's this. Uh, it's the third time now that we've paid attention to people's shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the the mistake in Yuri in the opening with his uh, the snow melting into the drain. Um, Emmett at one point tries to leave home in his house shoes, and now there's this other. I just I feel like there's this shoe thing slowly. And now we got Ray's up. like piss covered boots. Yes, that are the the yeah. best thing he has at the moment. <laughs> his it's, best hand is yeah, piss covered boots <laughs> yeah because they're two different colors right because mm-hmm. he's got two different boots on and he's just like yeah it's hard I, it's it's it's, <laughs> it's a problem it's a problem with the job but but Nikki you know we, we all know what happens here you know there's no major thing but we, we know that Nikki Nikki thinks that he's playing so this is right, exactly this what is, you were just talking yes, about exactly. Nikki thinks Nikki thinks that Emmett is playing this hand against them Mm-hmm. But it's not even that hand. It turns out the cleaning lady, some unintended consequence, has has set forth this other thing. So so she tries to make a, a ridiculous power move. It makes me wonder about. I don't know. It just seems like it seems like such a Maurice move. You know, you walk in and you tear a page out of the phone right. book, and instead of just doing this, you're going to leave behind your DNA. Right. Not that I feel like Emmett's going to call the cops and be like, "Yeah, I got tamponed." Right. <laughs> uh, you need to get you need to get out here. Mm-hmm. I've been vandalized with <laughs> What's the word what's the cousin, cousin Flo. Cousin Flo has vandalized my my abode. This aggression, you know, will not stand. <laughs> yeah, what is but, what is the the line they say uh, feminine hygiene deployed as a weapon? <laughs> right. That was amazing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I got a good um, snort out of that one. Um yeah, yeah. The, you know what? I have to admit I was really taken I was really kind of thrown off my expectations after that. I, and 
I was let I was let down a little bit, I think, even though it did surprise me. So maybe it's for the better when after Nikki did her thing and the brothers realized it uh, or Emmett realized it. I was totally, totally thinking he was going to think that was a move by the embargo or like some other party. Did you not? Am I the only one here? No. Oh, damn. You're, I think I, I, can't, I can't say I was with you on that one. I just. This was right before the actual tampon surfaced. I thought it was going to be just like a warning shot from the Vargo, even though that's not really his style, I guess. So maybe I'm just an yeah, idiot v- thinking Vargo VM Varga appears to be in his own right for the most part if he is a mental intimidator. And if he's going to physically intimidate you, so far as what we know, is that you won't be physically intimidated. You'll be killed. Sure. You know what I mean? That's that. That's my thing. Is that it's like if 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 me Mimo right? If Mimo and Yuri show up at your door unannounced, you're you dead, mm-hmm. right? In the who who dead next series. <laughs> um, but I I I do think that yeah, and that, but that's also where this whole side thing takes over. He. You know, he kind of beats his chest and he's like, no, you listen here, Emmett. He, it's, it's like he's had this plan working all along in his head. And he's like, now he finally pulls the ripcord on it. And he's like, here's what we're going to do, brother. Wow, that just sounded like Hulk Hogan. Yeah, here's what we're going to do. Oh, brother. yeah, brother. <laughs> and uh, he, but he just, he just says, you know, you don't have to deal with this. This is, I'm here. This is me. I'm going to take care of this. You don't, this is something you, you don't ever need to see that. That cocksucker again. He'll unfriend him on Facebook. <laughs> Something tells me all of them suck at Facebook. Which, by the way, if you head to facebook.com slash Fargo Talks Fargo, that's where we sometimes make comments, and feel free to follow us there. We'll be posting a little bit more coming sh- coming along shortly there. Um, do you have any more thoughts about that? And I just... And, and I do think it was an inter- interesting point. Uh, first time that I feel like... Uh, Ray was a little disappointed in uh, Nikki's um, choices. Oh yeah, definitely. Usually, usually he's you so far in two two whole episodes. <laughs> I I feel like he's he's always been like, yep, you know, she knows about the cheese. She knows about all these things. She did the smart move, uh, giving a fake name and doing all these things. And Nikki knows best. Nikki knows best. Nikki knows best. But then he actually is the one that was like, what? What? You know, like a why? What? Yeah, for the first time in probably decades, he's feeling good about his relationship with his brother because he kind of forgot what they were. I think he forgot what they were doing. He forgot what the entire mission was. And I think they both his, had an actual moment there. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's the, he kind of forgot why he was there and realized how much he loved his brother. And I think that might come back later where these guys might end up on the same side. Um, speculation, of course. But yeah, he kind of they mm. they, they rediscovered their. Uh, love for each other, which probably hasn't existed since, you know, childhood, um, or at least early adulthood. Right. And and then he's think, feeling all good about himself, and then he forgot, yeah, oh yeah, my girlfriend is, is in there stealing from him. Or, yeah. uh, or he, that would be the best case scenario. <laughs> right. Oh, God. And then, and then you, go, you go to the funeral home scene, and it's a... I saw that they were digging in the background like they're going to bury somebody, and I don't know anyone. It's December, right? Because Christmas trees are up. Right. They don't bury people. They don't bury people around here in December. They they put you in the crypt and they wait till spring, generally speaking, yeah. unless it's really it can warm. Can be done, out, so. but yeah, it's uh, it depends on how the winter has been. Um, 
The ground I, is pretty damn cold. It is frozen. Yeah, that's it's right. Like, it's like trying. It's like trying to scoop out of a block of ice. So, but hey, way to go! They got some stuff in the background going on for scenery. Uh, I I also thought you know coming full circle again to me c- continuing to talk about mistaken identity, like that guy is just so Midwestern and lost, but at the same time, he's like confusing people and things. But Mm -hmm. then on the other side of that, he randomly can like pull out this nugget of like, oh, you're buried in plot C-51. (laughs) Well, that's his business. He's on top of his business. (laughs) Yeah. You're, you're just, your numbers there and you're, you're, you're not necessarily people, but he just doesn't really have it put together. But I, I haven't, I feel like I need to rewatch that scene because it's in there for a reason. And I don't understand the reason that that scene is there for. So if anyone has any feelings about why that's there, I mean, I know it's kind of close to the sorry Big Lebowski scene where they they go to pick up Donnie, but it's not it's not the same. There's a completely different tone to that. You know, they're not mm-hmm. there without any money. They don't need to go across the street to the Ralphs and get a coffee can and mm-hmm. any of that jazz. This is like a, everything's paid for. It's taken care of, and there's this mixing up of people. So I, the only thing I keep thinking is, is are they going to bury him? And then they're going to need to find out what happened to him. And then they're going to go dig up the wrong person in some sort of like exhume the body, see what happened. Grave <laughs> thing. I just don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of confused. As to, I'm kind of confused. I'm just confused as to why that scene had to happen. I mean, I know it's part of the natural progress of somebody dying and, and, and getting them, you know, in the dirt, but like I said, they wouldn't. I, all my relatives that have ever died in the winter, we that you don't. You go to the funeral, and after that, they cart your your casket off to deep storage for till the spring. So. Yeah, I think it really does depend uh, just on the climate at the time. I, I know we buried our grandfather in the middle of the winter, and that was like December thirty first. Was it a actual casket, or was it yeah, just the it, little urn? Or urn? Oh, okay. Hey, okay. Well, I stand corrected. Well, I, th- I do think that isn't the usual case, though. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's our. There's there's some fun Midwestern facts. <laughs> yeah, super fun. <laughs> yeah, super fun. So okay, so so here's the deal. Sai is. I'm, I'm. I'm. I don't. Hopefully, I'm not missing anything else here. Sai is. He's. It's time for Sai to. You know, taking care of business every day. Yeah, Sai's feeling just, like he, a real tough guy right now. He's got a little power trip. Uh, ego boost going on. I did want to know how he figured out where Ray was, you know, so they, they very <laughs> viably are working in the Twin Cities and he's just, it's it's a pretty big Metro pop at tw- in 2010 and he's like, hey, I'm just going to randomly, I don't know, maybe they got some people on that. Well, if but it he, is, either way, he shows up and, if you t- and if freaks out. If you take out it him. out of context of the actual real world and you just think of the, the, the Fargo universe, he could have maybe mm-hmm. just made a call to a diner and said, hey, you seen Ray around? Yeah, is he there? Hey, is Ray there? Yeah. Yep, he is. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good day, then. Oh, I I do love pausing on these and seeing what they put in the newspapers just for fun. It's like youth group commended by St. Cloud City Council for fundraising successes, and the other one is link between Crobe Magnet and Neanderthal discovered. <laughs> That's the inside of the paper, uh, and I just i i have a, i have a really hard time imagining Ray getting a lot out of that. <laughs> <laughs> this is a man who like watches and catches pee for a living right now, at least from what we've been shown. Mm-hmm. But uh, so uh, he, Sai uh, comes in here and plays his big hand. You know, he he's uh, who's a big boy now. Sai Sai's a big boy. Yep. 
right? Yep. And Sai doesn't have to. So, so Sai gets mad, slams his hands on the table, gives a stern talking to to Ray, gives Ray twenty dollars from, uh, you know, Emmett's bank yeah. account, I guess. Uh, and he yeah, didn't have to do that, which was hilarious. It's like he's just doing it as a power trip move. He's. It's an example of let me show you money in my pocket. Yep. Right? Yeah, he pulls out a big wad, knows this guy's broke. <laughs> yeah. And gives him a 20. And then I, I love, uh, I mean, that was a pretty good move from, from Ray with a middle finger pulling out of his pocket. I mean, who hasn't done that <laughs> to their buddy? I, yeah, I'm looking, I'm just actually quickly pulled this back up and I'm trying to play it back just a tish because I want, I, w- I remember I brought up to Jerome, I was like, I feel like he thought he was going to have other crappy money in there, but he didn't. And I'm looking at it and maybe it wasn't intended, but he's like, yeah, it's 20, it's a 20, it's a 20. He kind of slows down and he's like, yeah, I only have 20s. Like, I feel like he wanted a smaller bill. Yeah, that's <laughs> but great. He just he would have given him a dollar, but he didn't have a dollar. <laughs> but he's like, oh, shit, all I got is 20s out of this cash machine. <laughs> so now he's pissed about that, which is the real reason why he, he yeah, rams into the corporate. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I just, I think that's the best part. I think I think that's the interesting thing that gets under his gets under his skin so bad is that Ray is, that Ray is just like, oh, you know what I got for you? Fuck off. You know, with this middle, <laughs> this middle finger, it's not, it's not, a, I don't need your money as much as it is, is just a, you know, eat a dick. <laughs> it's really what it is. Yeah. And that really razzes him. And the fact that he like reiterates that moment, he, that he gets outside the window. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he holds that finger up pretty solid all the way out the door, and then hold on, wait, 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 I'm not done. I'm gonna knock, knock on, on the, the window, window. <laughs> and flick you off again. But then he just, yeah, bam, and that it's and, just a car, and he's got the hula girl in his in his Hummer. Man, this side is like classically predictable. Yes, and you know, it, it's speaking of a show of just complete collateral damage. <laughs> he runs into like another car. <laughs> He's actually losing control of the Hummer as he's crashing into things. Oh yeah, something tells me he's not that that great with it. But yeah, I I actually thought he was going to end up you know burying that thing into a wall or something, but he did get away. But that could be, uh, you know, that could be a, a sign of side thinking he's in control of things, but really it's all just like driving away from him. Out of he's not able to get a grip of the steering wheel when he's trying to play his hand. Yeah, and I mean, did you heard? I, I you said you listened to the Hot Dish, and I said even when they first introduced that stupid Hummer, he, he you don't pass the plow. Yeah, <laughs> you don't. He drove past a plow. It's like you, 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 if you're in the Midwest and those plows are running, you generally there's a huge sign on them that says like "Stay back like fifty or a hundred feet," and they have these lights. But well, that was technically not a plow. That was a blade. Yeah, it was but a still, we know that we know what it, that was. We know what that was doing on the road there. Um. But so so we wrap up here. We wrap up this episode back at Stussy Lots Limited, mm-hmm. and uh, and VM Varga and his crew are they're moving they're in, moving in, yeah. And and I love how about that scene where Emmett tries to hide and the shade is half pulled down, and so he's hiding behind it, but you can still see him from like the waist down. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you notice that? No, that he's yeah, like, oh sh- oh shit, they're gonna see me, and then he he turns. He's like a I'm little like, oh, kid hiding. Yes, he is. And then I love how they Psy comes in and is like, oh, no, no, we know what's going on. Yeah, all good. They're here kind of deal. And they basically get basically told what's what mm. again for, you know, I think this is this relationship is going to get more 
been more forceful because it it starts very conversational about things. They 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 know there's two thugs involved now, mm-hmm. and that they you know the comment of you you know we're going to make you billionaires on yeah on paper <laughs> yeah but you can kind and of you should buy more you should buy more lots when he starts talking about that and how this is going to work out and how it's going to be the reason why uh Varga and his company chose this business was how easy it would be to manipulate the books um and launder their money or whatever they're going to end up doing you can kind of see a little twinkle i thought it, i personally thought in in size and maybe a little bit of Emmett's eyes where they're like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, we're going to, this, this could maybe work out if we decide to throw our morals out the window. Uh, I thought right. that when he said that when Vargo said, you guys are going to be billionaires, there was a little bit of a, a twinkle in both of their eyes, even though they're not like innately like evil or anything. Um, they just thought, well, maybe, maybe this could work out. I don't know. Or I could be, yeah, they, on a whole different they want level. a little bit of the good life, you, yeah. But but I think that I think it drops back down to like just hardcore reality. The when minute he's like, they said, <laughs> "Well, no," when he says oh. condolences on your attorney, oh yeah. Also, is is the moment where they just, just go, remember who's in charge here? Yeah, just just in case you're wondering what kind of shit you're stepping in, because that didn't have to happen. Because he says can't have people out there investigating things. And I, I think that's a look. I, we could help make you be rich on paper and some money on your own, and then on top of that, don't go asking around. Don't send people this way, or you you can go you can go hang with Irv. Mm-hmm. That's that's the deal. Yeah, poor and- Irv Bumpkin was probably just uh, you know he was one of those characters that just had to die. He was one of those people that just had to die for Vian Barga to come in and set the message and sent and set a message. It could have been anybody. Uh, just happened mm-hmm. to be poor old Blumkin. Yeah, no, they they definitely don't pay him enough. <laughs> um, so I got an interesting tidbit. Okay, um, do tell. So the show ended uh, with Gogol Bordello's American Wedding. <laughs> I knew you'd love that. You're the first person I thought of because I don't remember why. One time I asked you about a certain type of music for something else I was doing. Okay, and you 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 told me you're like, oh, you should listen to Gogol Bordello stuff, and so that's like one of the first times that was years ago when we were still officing together. Yeah, long time ago. But so the minute I heard Gogol Bordello on the end of the show, there I was like, uh oh, Sharpie's got a chubber. Yeah, well uh, the. The backstory on that is um, I went to college at Savannah College of Art and Design in Georgia um, for broadcast design and graphic design. And while there, I met up with some buddies and we formed a little group called the Dandy Dwarves, uh, which had a a short running as a production company for a little while um, in Los Angeles and San Francisco. Um, Very, very brief. We've all kind of disbanded that uh, since about... Well, I don't know how many years it's been, but we ended up doing the music video for for that very song for Gogo Bordell's American Wedding. Oh, really? So look it up, folks. That's some that's a that's a Fargo tie right there. Even though I didn't really have anything to do with the video, uh, I mostly yeah. handled the uh, website of things for Dandy Dwarves. But Dandy Dwarves were founded by four of us. Uh, still a bunch of good guys doing a lot of cool stuff all around the world. Uh, but yeah, that. I remember when that video uh, was being shot and one of the producers, my one of my best friends, Josh, he called me and he said it was just like chaos. <laughs> I mean, that band, really? if, you, you know, if you know anything about Gogo Bordello, they're like crazy. 
Um, and Josh called me. He's like, I, I don't, I thought I might have to call the cops because oh my God. the the shoot was just getting so out of control. And if you watch the video, you'll see why it's just all about an American wedding, a big party. Uh, everybody's getting drunk and dancing and breaking shit and standing on tables and whatever. But well, interesting, yeah. a little interesting tie back to Fargo. I don't think Maggie knew that, but that song maybe, actually maybe does not, yeah. have a connection. Well, well, maybe we'll find out. So we're working on lining up, a. Uh, Another chat with Maggie Phillips, the music supervisor, yeah, uh, for this season again. So I think we did bring it up last year. That we might have, we might have. Um, who knows? That but, would be cool. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool if the Dandy yeah. Dwarves had an effect on a music choice in the show Fargo. <laughs> yeah, Maggie's got a pretty serious uh, pulse on kick-ass music. For yes, this, she does for this stuff going on. But uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I don't think I have anything else, dude. I, I don't. I don't have a Who Dead next because I don't. I feel like we don't have enough characters. That's why I'm like, right. Irv died. Okay, great. That's Irv. It's just, you know, a uh, big whoop, you know? I yeah. mean, it, it served a very good purpose, but I don't know if it has anything like heavy duty that, I, that I'm no. that i like leaning towards saying, like, I think we're going to get Psy around for quite a few more episodes. Yep. We know we still haven't met um, the character played by um, uh, Jim Gaffigan that should be coming up. and. Mm-hmm. And all these things. So I feel like there's going to be some extra character development that goes on in here. Uh, yeah. I mean, I really, I mean, we really still need to find out more about Yuri and Mimo. Yeah. Um, and, and all these people. And I mean, somewhere, somewhere at the other side of this, VM has a boss. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, because and, and boss I, will, will we meet him? Yeah. Yeah. We definitely still have some characters to meet. The cast this year is smaller than previous seasons. Um, so yeah, in terms of who dead next, I think whoever is dead next will probably we we haven't met yet. If if somebody dies next episode, we'll probably first meet them next episode. Yeah, because the, these characters we have, the cast we have now is going to be here to stay. Even like the the deputy that works with Gloria, I mean, he's just too probably lovable at the moment to get offed. Right, he's right. kind of a dope, I mean, what? But, but what we know, I think, is going to happen here in in the not too distant future is that that somehow we're going to get back to Gloria is going to be the one that puts together this, this uh, name change of Ennis, the, the connection to somebody named Emmett, the Eden Prairie, the Eden, this, and that there's, there's gotta be some sort of, she's gotta be the one that pieces this all together. Yeah. Cause of course, VM's not doing it. Uh, Emmett obviously was completely unfazed by somebody with almost his name, getting his mouth glued shut, murdered, broke into vandalized, whatever. Uh, an hour away. I, I thought I saw that mentioned in an article somewhere, maybe in the New York Times that I did. I did read a couple quick ones. I skimmed them is probably a better term, but uh, seeing as you were like, hey, I can record right now. And I just like left my office. But uh, I don't know. Do you have any other major predictions or we um, should we should thank Fargo Brewing again. I know that Fargo Brewing for, for sponsoring this season. Get out there. If you're local, go go check them out. They have their tap room in South Fargo mm-hmm. and the brewery uh, in the north end of town that has a great tap room as well and uh, all sorts of fantastic beer. If you want to learn more about Fargo Brewing, go to FargoBrewing.com and check that out. There's all sorts of great stuff going on. They've got events going on at both their locations all the time, live music, uh, trivia nights, all sorts of fantastic stuff, and and if you want to just check out what else they have, because Sharpie, do they have their stuff? Some of their swag online now that people can buy. Is that on its? It's on its, it's way. It's not right on now. FargoBrewing.com, but I do think they have a Square store uh, somewhere. We're in the process of building an online store actually right now. 
Okay, cool. Um, well, we'll update people on that. So if they want to want to do some more stuff, and I'm sure that this season we'll have some other fun swag from them to give away mm-hmm. because I I know that we we just recently got some some fun fan mail uh from Regina. Yeah, Regina I, I hope Dominic. I'm saying that right because. Dominic, so people who got some swag from us last year. So thanks so much. So if you yeah. want to reach out to us online, you can reach out to at Sharpie, which is at C-H-A-R-P-I-E, or me at Lempy, L-E-M-P as in Paul, E. Oh, that's our our Twitter handles. Or you can reach out to at Fargo Talks Fargo. You can follow us online at FargoTalksFargo.com or on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash FargoTalksFargo. Did I miss anything? We're on iTunes. Hey, also, you guys, rate if you're us. really enjoying the show, <laughs> rate us, uh, leave a review. If you hate us, you can go ahead and do that too. It will be fine with that. Uh, but we, we we would love to get more feedback from you guys. Oh, and you can always email into the show at podcast at FargoTalksFargo. We love getting the mail. We do talk about it. And we love giving as many of you a shout out as we can. We have a lot of regular people who write in. And we're so happy to have you guys. So I think that's about it. You, you've you got to head off onto another yep. wonderful adventure in Japan. Uh, so we won't talk to you again, Sharpie, until next week, next Sunday. Yep. So uh, I would like to see if we can get that. I got to check my schedule. I would like to... I'm going to find... I'm trying to set this up. I'm going to find a good recipe, dude. I got to figure out where to do that. So check our Facebook page for that. Yeah. Um, that I'm going to find a... I'm going to find a, a recipe to, and that I'm, I'm going to make just for shits and giggles of... Uh, <laughs> Uh, a hot dish. So we'll get that going, get that on the page so that everybody can actually make a hot dish. Yes. Because you should. We should all make a hot don't dish together. It, don't call it a casserole, folks. I did that and Sharpie was so mad at me. So I think that's about it, man. Until next time. Until next time. Yeah. Sayonara. Be safe, man. <laughs> <laughs> Adios. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> okay, bye now. <laughs>